0: Welcome to episode 35 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again. You can find me on Twitter at DMAC underscore LA. That's at DMAC underscore LA. All news related to the Get More Sports Podcast. You're going to find right over there. But a very special episode of the Get More Sports Podcast. And the beginning of our super fan series. Today, the Get More Sports podcast welcomes Gary Martin, the real sign guy. You know Gary Martin. This guy is a legend at Laker games. He brings the most elaborate signs to the games, and we're not talking about any signs, okay? We're not talking about going to the 99-cent store, picking up a piece of cardboard and a Sharpie, and writing Go Sports with three exclamation points. This guy's signs take months and months to prepare. They're basically like works of art. They look like they're... Cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars to make. And then also, Gary Martin, he sits one row up from courtside at every single Laker game. For me to get those seats, I would basically have to be a churro vendor, and, and that's how I could get close to those seats. So not only does he have the most elaborate signs, Gary rubs shoulders with the elite Laker fans, the Laker fans that you see at every game, and he was dropping bombs on the Get More Sports Podcast. Wait to hear about a conversation that he had with Jerry West. Wait to hear his thoughts on Kawhi Leonard, his expectations for the Lakers, his stories with Lamar Odom and Ron Artest. What goes into making this sign? We had a lot of fun talking to Gary Martin. You're gonna love it. So check this out. We caught up with him this morning so check out my conversation with the real sign guy one that's where you can find him on all the socials at the real sign guy one gary martin check this out Take me back how it all started. I know you're a, big, you're a big Jets fan. You're a Mets fan. I think you had season tickets as an Islanders fan. Did you ever take the bait and ever become a New York Knicks fan? I mean, you're repping all these New York teams. What was it about the Los Angeles Lakers, and when did you fall in love with the Purple and Gold? Give me the year. Give me the moment. What Do you remember? Where, where was it? How does it all begin? Uh, it's, it, it's very easy for me.
1: It was 1991 when Vladi Divac went running into Magic Johnson's arms. I had just moved out here from Los Angeles, from uh, from New York. I'm a transplanted Long Islander, the, you know, a, a sports addict. I, I was a Knicks fan at the time with Patrick Ewing and Johnny Starks and all those guys. Um, but slowly but surely, I started watching and paying attention to the, uh, to the Lakers. And then we got a guy named uh, Nick Van Exel on the team. We had Sedell Three and Cedric Ceballos back then, and once we put Eddie, jo- Eddie Jones on the team, I think it was 1993. I was uh, completely 100. I mean, I, 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 it, the transition started from the Knicks to the to the to the uh, to the Lakers, and from 91 to 93,
0: that's when it really, really started to seep into my my bones, big time. And really, growing up, I grew up here in Los Angeles, grew up in in South Pasadena, California. That was really the team for me. It was that Eddie Jones team, that Nick Van Exel team, that when we signed Shaq, really those forum days, that's when it really took off for me. And I'm telling you, I love that that era of Laker basketball. I still remember being a, a young kid watching on KCAL 9, seeing Nick the Quick hit that shot in Boston. Really was really one of my youngest memories of being a <laughs> Laker fan. I mean, you just got to love it. But a couple things. I just really want to kind of dive in to the signs. Some of my favorite signs, I mean, like, like I'm saying, I've been following you for quite some time. I've had the opportunity to go to some Laker games. I don't have seats like yours. Those are some serious. You know, I don't care if you're Jack Nicholson, second cousins, dentist, whatever. Sitting where you sit, <laughs> you know you're a big deal, right? But I've seen you in games like, dude, that's the, that's the real sign guy in the mix. And I always wonder because if I show up with your signs, I can't get through the security check, right? So you must have a special deal with Staples Center, correct? Uh,
1: unfortunately, uh, no. Um, that's been a bone of contention. Uh, I don't want to start anything, but it's been—it's it, always quite an ordeal trying to get my signs into the into the into the arena. It, to this day. It's uh, it's very, very difficult. There is no relationship where they're going to uh, – they, they have not gone out of their way to help me get into the arena with the signs. It's always, it's always quite uh, a task to get in. But once I'm in, everybody knows who I am once I get through those front doors. You see, what happens, my friend, is that they change who stands where at each and every game. So every game, there's just completely different personnel at each entrance – So, you know, for obvious reasons, but uh, no, unfortunately, I I have not had that uh, luxury of of uh, an access to get in as easily as I'd like. And it's my 20th season in the arena and it's my going to be my
0: 14th going into my 15th season as uh, as the sign guy. Well, I just want to say, hey, I want to take a second. Staples Center staff, Los Angeles Lakers, you roll up the red carpet when the real sign guy rolls through with one of those signs because those signs do not look cheap. Some of my favorite ones you've ever done, of course, in recent memory, I just love the simplicity of the Lonzo ball one. You got the Lonzo in a big (laughs) basketball. I mean, I love the Linning one. I love the you can't handle the Randall. But what was the very first sign that really kicked it off? Was there a moment? Was there a game? Was there a player? What really was the inspiration behind the very first sign?
1: Wow, great question. Uh, my very first sign was right after Kobe scored eighty-one points. I was uh, I was sitting there courtside, and I never watched anything quite like that. And and the, the hair was standing on the back of my you know, standing up on the back of my neck and. I was there with my son and my wife was a couple of rows behind us with my daughter. And I was just ecstatic at the game and it was just such a fun moment. And I said to everybody, I said, God, I wish I had a sign that said Kobe. Just Kobe, K-O-B-E, I wish I had that in my hand, damn it. So two weeks later, um, I had a, a sign made, Kobe, and it started with that original Kobe sign. That was the very first original sign to the sign guy. So that was the one. Kobe's Kobe's 81 gave birth to the sign guy, correct.
0: Oh, So it was the Kobe's 81 that kind of kicked it off. I love it. Do you still have the sign today, the Kobe one? I mean, that should be in, like, the Sports Fans Hall of Fame or something right there. Do you still have it on you and stuff?
1: I totally agree with you. I think that it's a very, very famous and iconic sign, and, and it's the only one that I sleep with next to my bed.
0: <laughs> and, oh, yeah, oh, nice. I love. It. And then you followed it up. I think you rocked the Mamba one too, right? For a couple of years, you had the 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 Mamba one you did for Kobe. Now, what do you do? Just, I mean, if, if you excuse actually, me, I kind of want to nerd out a little bit on the signs uh, just to get things kicked off here. But what do you do with the signs? when a player's traded, the Lonzo ball, the Ingram sign, what are you going to do with the signs for the players that have traded? And do you want my address to, I'll I'll definitely take it off your hands, but what do you do with the signs (laughs) when the the player is no longer a Laker?
1: You know, someday I, I, I I look to to maybe do an auction uh, for a public charity uh, where the proceeds would uh, greatly benefit uh, those people here in Los Angeles. I have most of them, um, I have just about I would say about 90% of all the signs. I still have them in storage, uh, and uh, I have most of them still still right there. Uh, but some of my favorites, you asked me earlier, which were some of my favorites, and I would have to say, uh, Shake and Blake was really yes. great. See, Blake Shake and Blake was a great sign. Everybody seemed to like that one. The Metaworld piece is iconic. You know, just the world with the peace sign. Yes, that was uh, that was one that really took off for a long, long time. Um, uh, Chewbacca, Chewbacca for uh, for Zubots was a very well received <laughs> sign. People really loved that one. Um, so yeah, there's been there's been quite a few, and uh, I I just love getting ready and and making the new ones. Last year's LeBron's King head, I think that was a pretty apropos sign for the King coming to L.A.
0: Yeah, some of them seem like they just and, kind of make themselves, right?
1: Well, yeah, the, like like Contavious Caldwell Pope just putting the Pope hat on, on <laughs> yeah, Contavious yeah. Caldwell Pope. And people love that one. That's one of my favorite ones. I I always wait for him to hit
0: that three so I can pop that one out. No, and, and I was... Oh, uh, it, go on. What were you going say? Oh, no. I was going to say, I mean, really, they're they're so elaborate, the quality of them. It almost looks like there could be an art exhibit for the signs. And do you keep them all in the same place in your home and you kind of look at them and uh, kind of marvel at your work and stuff like that?
1: <laughs> Not exactly, but... Uh, A lot of work does go into them. They are fabricated at a professional sign maker. I go through, I conceptualize all the signs. We go through the CAD drawing process, and then we do the sizing so it fits underneath my seat. There's a lot to it. You know, to to be able to fit those signs underneath my seat, you get a very, very small seat. I'm a pretty big dude. So, so, say what? And uh, and it, it's not easy to to fit as many signs under my seat as you'd think. You know, we I only bring about four or five players a game, and uh, you know, based on who we're gonna play and who's hot and who's not. So uh, it's uh it's a it's an art it's an art form. It's a lot of fun, and I enjoy the hell out of it.
0: No, nah, it's a beautiful. And one of my favorite things about it. Gary, is the fact that, you know, when you go to Laker games, especially in that lower bowl, there's a certain mystique that Laker fans have. You got the Jack Nicholsons, you got people wearing sunglasses at night, you know, about... Half the crowd's not even wearing Laker gear down there. They're kind of playing it too cool for school, you know, very L.A. cool. But you're out there just raging, not only with signs. You're wearing Lakers bling. I mean, you just bring it every day. Like, do you really feel like you set the tone in that lower bowl? And how do you feel like the the crowd in your area and even really the whole lower bowl feeds off your energy? How much of an impact do you feel like you have really as, as a as cheering on the actual team? Do you feel like them feeding off that?
1: It's not more of them feeding off of me. It's me feeding off of the players. And just after the players do something spectacular, turning around to the crowd and just making sure that they appreciate what they just saw. That's basically what it's all about. It's just about getting up there and cheering for our guys and getting them pumped up and seeing them having a a great time and gallop back down the court after something special, uh, chest bumping, doing something special, going to a commercial break that's when I'm up on my feet and trying to uh, uh, get the crowd going as much as
0: I can. No, it's great. It's great. And is it, is it a collaborative effort with you and a player that has any player kind of vetoed one of your signs? Have you had any issues with that? Or 99% of the time, are they giving it the salute? Are they really signing off on the signs?
1: I, uh, I, I, once in a while, if I'm going to do something kind of funny, I, I, I like to ask the player first if, if it's okay with them. And, and a matter of fact, um uh Brandon Ingram who I love very much great kid just one of the best personalities of, of of a player that we've ever had actually and um he loved the fact that I called him the real deal I mean I I would know, go up there and every time he would hit something I'd go up with real deal cuz in my opinion the kid's the real deal okay and then um I was listening to a couple of telecasts reading a little things here on social media that people called him slenderman so i came out with a, uh, a bi sign with a picture of a Slender Man underneath it and i don't think he liked it he kind of gave me the the don't do that again kind of uh-huh. like no like cut that one out that's not it now let's go back to real deal i like real deal so.
0: bi, <laughs> B-I hits you with that bi hit you with the side eye it looks like huh he was just he was not filled, but that's it cool i mean like, hey you got you got to do it though right um, a couple chop of things. Neck, chop the neck, chop the neck. Kind of like, no, nope, no, nope, nope, got to cut that one out. You know? a, <laughs> so okay, I, I won't bring that one back. Yeah, Bi is that guy. I mean, he's a, he's a killer, right? He's a killer. He's a guy that you, you can feel that intensity. Ah, uh, Brandon Ingram, and that and that makes me want to get into a couple of Laker topics. I want to get your your thoughts on what was your initial reaction. You go to all these games. One of the things I respect so much about you is the fact that, hey, I remember when the when the Lakers, when they're rebuilding, and you were still in the house. You Your fandom did not waver at all whatsoever, and you saw these young players grow. You saw Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. You saw them, Kyle Kuzma. They started to grow. What was your initial reaction this summer when they traded Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram for Anthony David? I'd imagine there being some mixed emotions there. What were your thoughts?
1: Uh, Well... Um, I'm a fan and, and fans get attached to players and um, I am no different. I thought that the development of the players was going in such a great direction that whether we made that trade or not, we were still going to be pretty damn competitive. Like it, most people remember that we were fourth in the West last year before all the injuries started happening with LeBron on Christmas day. So um, I thought that we were on our way to, to, to greatness with the roster that we had. However, it's a business, and when in a business, you can get an asset to the transcendent type player of an Anthony Davis. You got to go for it, and I just was praying to God that they were going to be able to hold one of them. I didn't know which one they were going to hold, but of the three of them, I was praying on my prayers. Please don't give up all three. Yeah. Don't give up Lonzo, Kuz, and B. I. Don't don't pull that out. I mean, I. I, I, For a long time, I kind of thought that the trade, because David Griffin had a, an affinity for Brandon Ingram, I always kind of thought that Brandon was going to be the guy to go. And can tell you the truth, on the court, the chemistry between LeBron and Brandon wasn't exactly what you'd like it to be. And that's not any, any uh, um, knock on, on either one of those players. It's just that chemistry is either there or it's not naturally. And it, it just didn't feel like a natural flow. And uh, and I love Brandon Ingram, and I think he's going to go on to be an absolute superstar in the league. I think that uh, New Orleans is in for a shock to see the kind of team that they're going to have. I think they're going to upset a lot of people in this next year. I think that we're going to be better. Don't get me wrong. I don't think anybody's going to come here to stop the, the Lakers. Um, but I do got to admit that the, uh, the 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 Pelicans did a great job also. I think they're going to have a very, very competitive team. For how young they are and the fact that they're just coming together in the first year, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people in the West.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm a UCLA guy, so I was very attached to Lonzo Ball. And when Magic was saying, I, I want to see Lonzo's number retired in the Raptors, I was he looked like he was going to be your lifelong Laker. And, but look, when Anthony Davis, a player – With a top three all-time PR, you pair him with LeBron James, you're instantly title contenders. What are your expectations – for this Lakers team as they go into this year. LeBron James in year two, they add an Anthony Davis. I thought they pivoted really well after not being able to add Kawhi. I like the pickups of Danny Green. They got Avery Bradley. I think Kyle Kuzma is going to step into a nice three or four role. What are your expectations? I know you're a Laker fan, so it's championship or bust. I understand the level of expectations that all Laker fans have. But as you said last year, Christmas Day, but when LeBron hurts his groin, they were headed for tops in the West. They were right there. They had just beaten the Warriors in Golden State. I didn't expect the Lakers to win it last year, but what are your thoughts and expectations heading into this year?
1: Look, I'm not a homer. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm not a homer. I I go after what I think and I say what I feel, and I'm not somebody that hides behind uh, tone, tone, or, or, or whatever is supposed to be politically correct here. I'm going to tell you the way I feel. Anything short of a championship is going to be shocking to me, okay? We're the Lakers, and this is our team, and this is our time. We are back. We just had six years of crapola, and we went long enough waiting for this moment. We had the best player in the NBA in LeBron James and a very, very close second, third, fourth player in Anthony Davis. The, together, they form the best one-two punch I've seen since Kobe and Shaq. They are going to dominate. Do you know the GIF? the GIF, when, uh, when the Hulk is smashing that guy against the yes. floor? Yes, yes. That's what we're going to do with the NBA this year, okay? We're going to smash them to oblivion. They should come out as hot and as hungry and as— pissed off as as we all are at the last six seasons and the fact that anybody would choose any other franchise over the purple and gold they should come out with a sense of purpose and they should know what they're doing each and every quarter coming up this season and they shouldn't want to lose a freaking minute okay not with the roster that they've been put together and you talk about putting together a roster on the fly let me tell you about a guy named rob palenka my kudos to Rob Palenka. What a great job this guy did after being s- screwed by that that louse that went to the slippers. Okay, to make us wait around while he just sits around drinking his uh, his tea or whatever he does and his uh, what it be what it what it would it be. All right, great, good job for you. You got us. But in the meantime. You didn't get the better team. You didn't get the better roster. We have the better team. We had the better roster. Under duress, plan B, work to perfection. I think that every player has a purpose, a role, and I think that Rob Palenka was up for the challenge, and he did a spectacular job.
0: Gary, I, you just got – it is like August 5th. The season's like two months away. You got me – about ready to run through a brick wall. They need to play I need to send that last little clip to the Lakers. They need to play that over Van Halen's right now or the the who's bubba O'Reilly as the Lakers are coming out onto the floor cuz you can feel your intent. You, you, this feels like it's one of the most anticipated seasons that you've ever had as a Laker fan. And I'm t- I totally agree with you. What Rob Plink was able to do, look, Kawhi Leonard, I believe, truly, is a top one, two, or three player on any given night. I think the, I think the Lakers owed it to themselves to wait, to wait it out and see if they could get Kawhi Leonard. But look... Rob Pelinka, he was up to the task. He made other moves that I think that really puts the Lakers, it gives them the depth. Don't forget, they signed Boogie Cousins. They made all these moves. And I really think this is one of the most anticipated seasons for Laker fans. And it just feels... My next question, I think you kind of answered my next question about Kawhi Leonard if you thought he was playing the Lakers. Do you think that Kawhi Leonard was consciously waiting out the whole situation? Because you've heard reports that if they were unable, if if Jerry West, if Ballmer, if Doc Rivers and company weren't able to pull off that trade for Paul George that he was going to be a Laker. Do you truly believe that that long wait was a way of Kawhi Leonard to say, hey, let me try to prevent these free agents from going to the Lakers? Do you you believe that? I'm about to start some controversy. That's what we love here on the The Get More Sports podcast, my man. (laughs)
1: The week before the trade, I spoke to Jerry West personally the week before the trade, exactly seven days prior. And he told me beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was going to get Kawhi Leonard. He knew it. He 100% knew he was going to land him. So if he knew it, then Kawhi knew it. That's just the way it is. That's just the way I feel. He, he- knew it. He 100% guaranteed. He said, Gary, he's coming to the Clippers. Guaranteed it. Write it down. Market it. It's happening.
0: So you think it was all a smoke screen? You think it was all smoke? It was a smoke show by Kawhi Leonard because hey, this means war if you're the Lakers and you heard it from you first uh and I was going to ask you a little later being the fan you are are you privy to certain inside information that regular fans, I don't consider you a regular fan. No. You're halfway in, halfway no.
1: No, no, we have mutual friends, Yeah, and I was able to have an opportunity to talk to him, and I asked him the question, so what's going to be with Kawhi? And he just blurted it right out. He just said, you know, we're getting him. He's coming to the Clippers. I guarantee it. And I, and I was like, amazing. And then he goes, not only like that, I'm bringing somebody else with him. So he knew it. He 100%, I wow. swear to God, he knew
0: So how do you feel about the Clippers? Do you think this is just a blip? Do you think that you got guys out there excited, saying, oh, maybe maybe someday, maybe 50 years down the road, this could be a Clipper town? What do you think this means for the Clippers? Are they really a threat to the Los Angeles Lakers? Of course, me personally, I don't think there's any any type of threat as far as this ever becoming a Clipper town. The Lakers have too much history, 16 championships, most finals appearances, most playoff wins. You name it, the Lakers are tops in the league in pretty much every single category as far as being the marquee franchise. But what, how, what do you say to Clipper fans right now that say, Hey, we're talking about right now. All Laker fans do is talk about their past and their rich history. What do you say to those Clipper fans that say, "Hey, it's about who has the better team right here, right now"?
1: Look, I'm not going to address that. I don't want to start a war. But the the Clipper fans, they there is no rivalry. They they in their minds, because they're delusional, <laughs> they think that there's a rivalry. You know, after their first win, they'll still be 15 behind. That's number one. Number two. They first have to make it to a Western Finals to win a first championship. Okay? Let's just worry about getting there before you take a giant step and actually win a championship. All right? Yeah. So the, the thought of it ever becoming a Laker town, it's, it's laughable. That's, num- that's, that's number one. I mean, a, a Clipper town is laughable. It's going to always be a Laker town. That's, that's number one. Number two, let me tell you something, my friend. Had Kawhi Leonard chosen – to go to New York, uh, chosen to go to the Lakers. The Clippers would have had to move. The entire franchise would have been forced to change localities. They would not have been able to stay in Los Angeles if the Lakers had got that three-headed monster, if it had happened, if, there's a big if there, it didn't happen. But had it happened, there's no way that the Clippers could have competed in this town ever for another decade. So, you know, the, the entire landscape of the, of, of the NBA pretty much changed to Los, to Los Angeles right now. Do I have a worry about it becoming a Clipper town? No. Do I worry about the Clippers? Look, if you don't respect your opponent, then the opponent has an edge. You have to respect them enough to go into the training room, to go into the El Segunda facility and practice like hell to come out with 100% intensity because they're going to come out with 110% intensity, so we're going to have to match it. If we think that it's just going to be a walk show and we're going to just like saunter onto the court and be our personalities and our, our mystique rather than the talent that's within each one of these players, we're going to get blown off the court, and that's going to be a bad, bad situation. We don't want that to happen. I don't foresee that happening. I foresee this Laker team being as hungry as any team ever in the history of the franchise because they should be. They just got stood up by a, couple, by a player that, that had an opportunity to come here. So they should be pissed off as hell about that.
0: I, I'm with you 100%. I'm with, I'm with you on that. You disrespected the king. You don't disrespect the king. You don't. Yeah, you don't. Look, the Clippers, look, I give a lot of respect to the Clippers. Steve Ballmer has emptied his pockets. He's, he's really hired the best in the business when it comes to Jerry West, Doc Rivers. He's a phenomenal coach. But, look, they don't understand. Look, if the Clippers will only be a story, in my opinion, if they're winning. And that's the difference between the Clippers and the Lakers. The Lakers are a story no matter what. If the Lakers are the best team in the NBA, it's about the Lakers. If the Lakers are the worst team in the NBA, it's even more about the Lakers because it's about the turmoil and the drama, and it's about how to fix the Lakers. But I don't think Clipper fans understand that LeBron James, he can't be, save for Elgin Baylor, he can't be the one Laker – to not win a championship there is a lot of pressure on lebron james and trust me i have lebron james as a top five all-time player but he wins a ring for the purple and gold he gets us closer to passing the celtics and really it's a game changer but i'm with you but i want to give you uh get your take on a couple other things as far as the fan dynamic uh what here's this is my mount rushmore of laker fans okay here's my mount rushmore of laker fans i want to get your opinion I got well. First of all, I don't have Jack Nicholson on this list because I think Jack Nicholson—he's almost—he has like the Lincoln Monument in Uh, DC.
1: No, no, X, no good.
0: No, no, but no. Hear me out. Hear me out. I think that he's bigger than being on the Mount Rushmore list. I think that he should have his own. He's the Lincoln. He has the Lincoln Monument. He has his own statue in DC. Okay, okay. You feel me? Okay,
1: okay. I got you. No one's worthy to be on the same level.
0: You feel me? You feel me? No, I I, I got, worship yep. Jack Nicholson. <laughs> um, but what I do you, you think I'm about my list? Well. I got I got Dion I got Diane Diane Cannon, Flea, Ice Cube, you, and then Andy Garcia. How do you feel about my? I added one more there, but how do you feel about my? Is there anyone you would put on there that I didn't mention? Of course, Jack Nicholson. He's in his own category uh, of being the number one best Lakers fan of all time. But how do you feel about my list right there? You forgot Norm Pattis. You oh, the he's the Jimmy, Westwood one um, guy. He's the Westwood one guy, right? Yep,
1: you got it. You got to go with Norm Patterson. You got to go with Richard Simmons from uh, from Shepard Mullen, the guy who sits next to me. He looks like the uh, with the with the dark beard. A couple of guys that go away from me with the dark beard and the mustache. It it's two pieces, of, two places away from me. Yeah, yeah. He's been a Lakers season ticket holder since 1984. He's been with me forever, um, and. Uh, 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 Jeffrey Katzenberg, right in front of me. Another one, spectacularly, very, very, very big. Joel Silver and Karen Silver. Oh my God, they're huge. Lower bowl people. Um, Joseph Yemeni, another businessman. That's a tremendous uh, Laker fan. Uh, there are there are a lot of fans out there that are super fans. And yeah. uh, your, but your Mount Rushmore, I think, is uh, pretty
0: done. A, a pretty darn good list. And I was going to ask you too. The, be, seeing what you, like I said, you were there th- during the down years. Are there people that you've seen leave, and will they come back, and will you welcome them back for play? Because you you never left, right? And I know that the guys you mentioned, they never left. Do you think there will be a certain amount of bandwagon fans that will come back when the Lakers start fronting? Because I think that one of the big misconceptions is that, that the Lakers do have loyal fans that are with them through thick and thin, through good years and bad years. But really, I think that it's really going to be a, a, new, a new wave of excitement this year. But how do you feel about that? Do you think that there's going to be people that w- had left – and we'll, be, we'll come back.
1: Every one of the fans I just mentioned are some of the most successful people in all of California, maybe some of the most peop- successful people in the world. None of those people missed any games in the, in the last six, seven years that we were going through our transition right there. These are very, very loyal fans. Every single one of them I just mentioned to you um they're there through thick and thin they're always there there's also there's one guy you know everybody knows us that's also a super fan but he comes for a different kind of a reason he roots against the lakers is jimmy goldstein
0: oh yes yeah, you know, it's crazy right it's crazy he's he's the the nba fan and he's a laker hater i see him driving around town in that old he drives like a silver cloud rolls royce right he's yeah it's crazy right how how that's how real I'm is thinking. that hatred do you think it's just for fun or do you think he really hates the lakers
1: Um, you know, I, I had time to spend time with him when we traveled together, uh, to game five, when we were in Boston, uh, the championship game, when we lost game five, we came back and won the last two here. That was in 2010. Um, I had breakfast with Jimmy and he doesn't really, really, really loathe the Lakers, but he definitely, uh, he definitely does like it when they lose. I don't. I, I, it's it's a very unusual dynamic. He he goes there to root for the for the opposing team, and every opposing team uh, goes through and gives him a high five before they they take the court. He's just he's just rooting for a, against the Lakers, and it, 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 he's allowed to when you when you own the house. That's From the Big, big Lebowski, Lebowski, right? Something. Correct. You can do whatever the hell you want. How's that?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it just I think he's a fan of greatness, and everything's really tailor-made for him to be a Laker fan. But, hey, as long as he's supporting the NBA, I'm all cool with it. And you know that if he's there and Kobe's going off or LeBron's going off, you know he's respecting greatness, even if, uh, even he... if he's happy that the Lakers do lose. But I was going to ask you, too, a couple things. Was this, is this, as far as Christmas Day matchups and the Clippers matchup, how does this compare to some of those matchups against the Heat in the past, Golden State, some of those Boston matchups in the past? I, to me, it feels a little more personal. I know that sounds crazy because Boston and L.A., but there's something about sharing the same building. There's something about the fact that they cover the Lakers championship banners. This Clippers-Laker rivalry feels like it it could really surpass phoenix or the trailblazers or some of the big time rivalries in the past what are your thoughts on that so this one feel a little more per- personal than some of the lakers big rivalries in previous years uh yeah
1: i really do i think it's going to be the hottest ticket in town i uh you know i, I think it's going to be a a, a really um emotionally filled charged uh, All-out battle of the two, you know, Western superpowers, and it just happened to be in the same building. And uh, I think that we're going to—it's going to be—it's going to have an electricity and a buzz in the air that I haven't felt since Kobe and Shaq. It's—it's it's been a while. Well, you know what? There was a lot of time when uh, when Pow and Lamar and, and Kobe also drew that kind of buzz as well. So it—it—it um, it, it, it feels like it's a championship buzz. It feels like it's here again.
0: And I can't wait until opening day on October 22nd. All right. Well, hey, Gary, well, you've, been, you've been very generous with your time. I could talk to you all day. I'm going to co- get a couple more from you if that's cool. Is that cool? You still got time for a couple more questions? I'm enjoying it.
1: I, I'll go all night.
0: Oh, All night? Okay. So I want to first of all, who's your all-time favorite Laker? Oh, that's going to put me in a lot of trouble.
1: Well, I'm not – you know, look. Look, you, you can't you can't dispute the greatness of the Kobe Bean Bryant of the Black Mamba, the v, El, El Vino, uh, the assassin that was the Black Mamba. I just I, I saw him from the first game he ever played until the last game he ever played, and I loved him very very much. Uh, he was the most dynamic and exciting player that I've ever seen in my life. Next to Ma- uh, Michael Jordan, I I really am blessed. To have been able to watch his entire career and for most of it from a courtside perspective that said uh come on man how can you not love Shaquille O'Neal I the mean Diesel you know Shaq was just the most most uh wonderful jovial happy funny intelligent dominant player that ever was he was like watching Gigantor on the hardwood it was just uh a, a mountain of a man against little boys. It was uh, a, a strength and a power and a thunder that I've never seen before. And and he just enjoyed every second of being a Laker. I think that he really enjoyed his time here, and we enjoyed having him here. And uh, it's a tough business, and uh, you know, those are two of my favorite players. Metta World Peace, another guy that I got along with unbelievably well, Derek Fisher. You know, uh, Pow. These are just guys that through the years, Lamar Odom and I were very, very, very close. We used to go to parties together all the time. I, I mean, not con, not those kind of parties. Like that could be its own other
0: podcast. I'll be when we bring you back just no, on no, that. No, 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 not like that. Not like that. Like yeah. you
1: know, you know.
0: No, I know many, what you mean. I know what you mean. Right. And
1: uh, and it was just an awful lot of fun. We and I, I it, you know, through the years, there's been so many. Steve Blake, another kid that was just a fantastic guy. Um, uh, I enjoyed D'Angelo Russell the time that he was here. I thought that uh, Brandon Ingram is just a terrific kid. Uh, I thought that Lonzo was extremely respectful. Uh, you know, we had a lot of really, really wonderful guys that, you know, uh, like sands through the hourglasses they say, right? It, it, it's just uh, you just you're really happy to see them come. Like here's a great example. I despised Matt Barnes. I wanted to see Matt Barnes like hurt himself i was just very angry at matt barnes all the time okay and and then he became a teammate of ours and he became part of our squad and he was one of the nicest kindest most approachable great dudes ever i like i almost didn't want to like him it was impossible he was just a really great guy
0: yeah, no, yeah. I remember when he mean when he was with the Magic. You had we we pointed the ball at Kobe. But That was one thing I loved about Kobe. Is Kobe said, "Hey, Rajah Bell, uh, Ron Artest, any people that really challenged him, Kobe had no issues adding because he really kind of respected him." But and then a couple more. I would ask you, what is your single greatest moment at the Laker fan at Staples Center? What comes to mind? What immediately pops into your head?
1: I got three of them. I got them in in, in three parts. You got that a big part, three. Fire away. Start. Coming in third place is Kobe's 81-point game. That was absolutely magical. I knew I was watching history while I was watching it. Um, uh, it, And and it was just, you know, something that I'll never see again. And I I just thought that it was, you know, watching history. So I really enjoyed that. Number two, Kobe's 60-point game, his last game. Oh, my God. Are you kidding You're going to go out and you're going to score 60 points on your last night at home with the most star-studded crowd I've ever seen in my life. In front of your wife and children who were sitting right in front of me. It was just absolutely magical. One of the greatest nights ever. And, of course, coming in first place by far, no doubt, hands down, Game seven against the the, the hated Smeltics. Oh, I'm sorry, Celtics. Uh, <laughs> to able to to watch that game and and the fact that we were down for three and a half quarters, come storming back and uh, Sasha Bujicik knocking down those free Clutch. throws and 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 Meta hitting that three. Oh
0: my God! He that passed me fun. the ball. He passed me the ball. He passed me the ball. Thanks, Kobe. And, you know, what gets lost in that is the machine stepped up and he banged home two free throws. Remember his routine? He would kind of swipe his eyebrows, touch his face. I mean, the machine stepped up and he knocked those free throws. I'm telling you that I I wasn't lucky enough to be at that game, but that was probably but my single greatest moment as a fan of anything. I can't after losing to them in 08. That game, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Gary, I still have nightmares of Game Three. You remember Game Three, the Ray Allen game? We had that the uh, the Lakers had that series, and I'm telling you, it, it had the Lakers had lost two series in three years to the Celtics. I, it would have been just torture, but I'm with you. Kobe Bryant didn't have the best shooting game, but he did everything else. He rebounded. By that time, he was really, really worn down. But Kobe Bryant, he was a star, and Ron Artest hits the big shot, and I'm with you. That was really the crown jewel of Laker moments, really, for me, but... Uh, you were telling me. There's a,
1: legendary, there's a legendary story about that that I've heard. I don't know if it's true. I'm, I'm going to definitely ask uh, uh, Derek Fisher about it when I see him. But apparently Kobe was really, as you remember, Kobe was just not having a Kobe night in that night. He was tired. The season, the playoffs, everything caught up to him, and he was just flat, okay? And apparently he was he was still shooting the ball a lot, like 18, 19 times by the half. And apparently uh, uh, Derek Fisher went over to him and said, hey, cut it the F out. You got to start passing the ball around and distributing this ball else we're going to lose this game. And that's when Kobe went on an assist tear that was, you know,
0: memorable to this day. Hey, he still hit that pull-up too. He still hit that pull-up late and really – and, and and really, they were all. I mean, that was when the Celtics had Thibodeau, and they had Doc, and they were just throwing everything but the kitchen sink at Kobe Bryant. He still won the Finals MVP, and the Lakers still got done. I'll never remember. I'll never forget the smile on his face, him throwing the ball up for the Lakers. But you're mentioning. I know you have a new line of sun, of sunglasses out, or, or or glass frames. Right? You want to tell me about that?
1: Oh yeah. Well. Um, for the longest time in my career, uh, I was the designer for so many different brands. I did Ed Hardy, I did Christian Autojet, I did True Religion, I did Robert Graham, I did Disney, I did uh, The Beatles, I did Betsy Johnson, I did Callaway. I, I created and designed eyewear, Revolution eyewear, for 25 years. And I retired a few years ago, and some people have come to me and they've asked me, you know, what do I think about coming back? And I'm thinking about doing a line of, uh, of of exclusive sunglasses uh called gary martin it's it'll be my exclusive collection, and that should be out around christmas time but thank you for asking about that
0: nice nice and, then, and uh, tell everyone to get more sports podcast you can follow Gary over at the real sign guy one on Twitter right it's the real sign guy one we're gonna have it in the show notes lastly, can you give us can you give us any any special preview for the signs for next year? I bl- I, I'd imagine you might throw a, a unibrow up there for Anthony Davis. Can you give us anything? I know it's probably top secret, but what can we look forward to as far as these, uh, this year's signs? I promise you this.
1: Anthony Davis's sign will be iconic. Yes. You guys will remember it. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and, and each and every player will have a little something-something for each and every one of them. I don't know. I can't bring them all to every game, but during the season, you'll see you'll see the signs popping up, and I'll make sure that everybody has a good time with it, including the
0: players. It's going to be great. And then maybe you can have a Get More Sports podcast sign. What do you think about that? No, I'm just messing with you, Gary. But I want to thank you again uh, for joining the Get More you Sports podcast.
1: Job, you do a terrific job. This is a really good, well-run show, and I appreciate you.
0: No, thank you very much. And we look to have you on in future episodes once the season gets kicked off. But thanks again. Really appreciate you joining the Get More Sports podcast. And uh, have a great rest of your week, Gary. And uh, go Lakers, right? Thank you very much, brother. Thank you so much. All right, take it easy, my man.